Welcome to Rich in Relationship. And today, it's all about negotiation. And this was originally designed as a lunch and learn. I've got my lunch. I don't know if you have yours. Why is negotiation important is really what we're asking. And how do we engage in it? What makes negotiation important is actually we're doing it all the time. We don't think about it. We do it automatically. Every time we go to a partner or a co-parent or the person we're divorced from or a friend and want something, want to achieve something, accomplish something, every time we want to have some kind of agreement, we are in fact negotiating. <clears throat> and many people avoid negotiation because they see it as a topic that is something that professionals do that's scary. So we're going to talk about negotiating, and it's particularly important in terms of the current environment in which we are managing so much risk in our family. So I don't know what's going on in your family, but I can tell you that part of what's going on in mine is um, we all have activities we want to do, and yet there's an agreement about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it because we want to manage the risk of COVID. Not so much because we're at risk, but because my, my parents and my wife's parents are in a high risk group. And so every time some opportunity comes up as things change, which they do, like an opportunity like the youngest daughter goes to college, how does that impact risk management? How do we reintegrate in, her into our family and know that it's safe, for example? Or uh, a group wants me to do a presentation in front of them with safety measures, but indoors, is that really safe? How safe is it? Every time we enter into a negotiation about this kind, every time that kind of opportunity comes up, we enter into a negotiation. A negotiation might be, where are we gonna go to dinner tonight? But I'm going to give you sort of the basis of negotiation in this little talk today. Things that we can all do. So when we enter into a negotiation, it is really important that we actually think about it in advance. So mm, I've got a dog in the room. What does that mean to think about it in advance? It means don't just dive into it without any pre-consideration, but planning is super, super helpful. If, if you want to get something that you want to get, you want to plan. Now, often we do this kind of planning unconsciously. My dog is playing like crazy over there. A little distracting. Um, it, we do it unconsciously. Like, uh, let's talk about my family's case. My, uh, we know who the, I know who the players are. I know what their positions are. I know what their interests are. Uh, I don't see them as enemies mostly, though sometimes I do. I actually, I have a, a co-parent from my first marriage who I used to see at times as an enemy. As an enemy. And so it, it was important that I would be clear about what I wanted anytime I brought it in front of her. Or, and I've been in business situations where the other person definitely was not on my side. And so part of making the plan is understanding who they are, understanding what their interests are. Not seeing them as the enemy, but what are their interests? What are they invested in? What do they want? Understanding my own interests. What do I, what am I interested in? What do I want? You know, part of it is understanding what's the best thing that could come out of this, the best possible outcome in this agreement. What's the worst possible outcome for both of us in terms of our interests? These are things I want to take into account. Excuse me. Um, how, what are some ways 
that I can take that information in and, and offer it and have it be useful, whether it's with a co-parent and I'm negotiating, um, renegotiating our child management agreement, our parenting plan, you know, in the case of people who are divorced and living separately, or whether it's with someone who I'm living with and I'm renegotiating, uh, you know, what, what are the possible offers that can be made, the possible outcomes that can happen. So considering best and worst and everything in between is going to be really helpful. So what I'm encouraging you to do is whenever entering into a negotiation of any kind, think, think about it, think about it, think about it. Now, there is an acronym that somebody's given me that I haven't memorized, so I'm going to read it. But it's basically, I foresaw it. Uh, and this came from a professor uh, whose name escapes me at this time. I'll come up with it before the end. Don't worry about it. So the I is interests. We were talking about interests. So let's go to... Let's talk about co-parenting. Well, no, this is going in front of a marriage group. Let's talk about renegotiating the, the shifting COVID situation. So we are sending our kids off to school, whether it be college or regular school, and some of it is virtual and some of it is real. So what are the interests? What are my children's interests? My child's interests, I hope, is to learn. Some children less, some children more. Um, my wife's interests is safety. She wants to make sure that when our child comes back, we don't all get struck with COVID or if we get struck with COVID, we discover it before we bring it back to people who are really vulnerable. Um, my interest is that everybody be happy and get along well. My interest is that my child have the best education possible. So this is everyone's interest. I also have some personal interests that maybe in my own life, I'm gonna have be given the opportunity to speak publicly with people under controlled circumstances with proper social distancing and masks and all that, that that will become acceptable within our household. So I've got a private interest there. There are a lot of interests involved. It's really important to understand all the interests of the players. And if you're not sure what the interests are of the player, if, if we're not talking about a family situation, then you need to do some research and find out what their interests are. Because if you don't understand the interests of the players, you can't negotiate properly or you're gonna be sideswiped, hit upside your head by some interest that you did not expect and you might not know how to manage it. So planning involves interests. The next is the F. F is for factual and financial research. So you want to research the facts. So let's go back to my COVID example. What are the facts that we have about COVID? We know that it's transmitted in the uh, it's transmitted by moisture uh, from people coughing, spitting, whatever. Um, that we we know that as we speak, you can't see it, but there's moisture coming out of my mouth. Sometimes when people sing, they literally look like they're spitting because the moisture is coming. Maybe they are spitting. So we know that singing is a higher risk, speaking is lower risk, that you have a mask that that reduces the risk a good deal. We know that you can get COVID if moisture hits your eyes. So it's highly recommended that you wear some kind of face shield if you're walking into a risky situation or goggles. So we see people on airplanes now with, with masks and with goggles on. Uh, and we know that, uh, let's talk about the airplane situation. If somebody's getting on a plane, it's probably wise for them, even though the planes are cleaned, to bring their own wipes and to bring their own hand sanitizer and to bring their own gloves. 
to be as safe as possible. And in the case of our children going to school, do we have those options? No, because our children don't even want to wear masks for the most part. Um, and depending on the age, they may not be able to. <clears throat> so we know that children in schools for the most part aren't wearing masks. My daughter who's gone to college is wearing a mask when she's in groups with other people. But we also know that they're in a bubble. The college considers it a bubble. And as long as the children have some sense of whether they older children or younger children of what the risk the risks are, that they're probably not going to get it. But what can we do to make sure? More information, more information. Well, how do we make sure that when we go to visit our in-laws or my parent, my mother, our parents basically, and when we go to visit our parents, we're COVID free. We could all take a COVID test. That would be one day, one way. But I also read recently that a finger oximeter, which I should have brought, but I didn't think I was gonna talk about it, measures, it measures the oxygen level in your body. And COVID, people who have COVID apparently have much lower oxygen levels. So the typical adult read, has a read between 95 and 100 in an oximeter. And I, like, don't ask me how this thing works. You put it on your finger and somehow it shoots light through your finger and it measures how much oxygen is in your blood, I guess, based on how red, you know, how red the light is coming through. I, I don't know, I didn't invent the thing, but somehow it measures it pretty accurately. And the Chinese have found that this thing really works. This, is, this tool has been used a lot in China where COVID originated. So you use the oximeter and if you have an oxygen level between like 95 and 100, you're normal. If you have an oxygen level like 85, something's really wrong and you may have COVID. And so we've purchased an oximeter, oximeter, oximeter however you say it, uh, for $30. And we're, that we're all playing with it. Actually, there's a competition to see who said, oh my God, I'm at 95. How can I get to 100? <gasps> put it on, oh, I'm at 100, which, I mean, it, it really is kind of amazing. You breathe fast and it literally moves from 95 to 100. So we've got this oximeter, oximeter, and now our, we're giving one to our daughter to take to college with her so she can check herself before she comes home. And you can check your children when they come back from school. You can check yourselves, I would say check yourselves daily. And you can see if you're infected. And the, the studies show that people who will often have lower oxygen level before they have solid symptoms of COVID because it, it, it hits the lungs first. Really fascinating. All right, so now we've got a new tool because we did We've gotten information. The I is for be informed. Uh, actually, the I is interest. The F is facts. So we've got new facts. We've done research. We've got new facts. We found out that this oximeter is a great tool and we don't have to go get COVID tested every other week. We can use this instead. All right, next is the R, which is, uh, excuse me, is the O, I4, I-F-O. The O is for options. So we've got more information. What are our options? Here in our home setting, we've got new options. We can go be tested for COVID. We can use the oximeter. We can travel or we can be in groups, but we need to be seriously protected. My wife has, put, has bought full plastic shields actually that go around the face that we can wear with our masks. And this may become a tool with which um, I can go to an in-person meeting with proper, proper social distancing and no singing and not a large number of people, right? And so what we know also from our information is that the risk of COVID goes up dramatically as the numbers of people go up. Duh, 
right? But apparently if there are low numbers of people and one person had COVID and you're properly socially distanced, you have a lot less chance of getting it than if you're in a large group of people and the same percentage of people has COVID. All right, so we've got options. And the R, I4, the R is for rapport. So when you enter into a negotiation, you've got the interest, you know the interests of everyone you're negotiating with. You've got facts and financial research. So if it's a financial discussion, you want financial information, but the F is for facts. And out of the facts, you've got options, O, and the R is you actually enter into the negotiation, rapport. So you wanna have a feeling of trust, a sense of understanding. So if you're living with your wife or your husband, hopefully you have some kind of rapport already. If you're dealing with someone you've, you're co-parenting with, or maybe you're parallel parenting, maybe you're in a relationship with an intense narcissist, uh, and you're, you're who, as I mean, as parents living separately, divorced, and you're, you each have your own parenting plan. You know, you need to, if you're going to enter into a negotiation, you need to establish some kind of rapport. And by the way, if you're entering into a negotiation with a narcissist, let's go back to the I, then you know that the interest of the narcissist, the narcissist is always to what? They always have to win. So that becomes, I'm getting a notification that I have a, another call in 10 minutes. So we're going to, need to wrap this up faster, talk faster. All right. So that's on the interest side. Uh, response. Now, R is also for reactions and responses. So we're going to establish rapport. We're going to watch reactions as we present options, present information, and we're going to watch responses, reactions and responses. Okay, I for, and also we want to have empathy and ethics in there. Oh, e, I'm sorry, there's an E. So for E for empathy and ethics. So we don't just want to watch for reactions. We're not just manipulating. We want to be in there with them. We want to undersee things through their eyes. E does not mean that we agree with them. Empathy does not mean we agree with them. It doesn't mean that we buy what they're saying. It means we understand why they're saying what they're saying. It's a deeper version of understanding their interests. So we want to have empathy and we want to have ethics. We're not going to use our superior negotiating skills to win at the expense of everyone else because that's going to prove detrimental to future negotiations, isn't it? If they walk away finding out they really got nailed, they're not gonna wanna do that again with you. So we're gonna use ethics, we're gonna be uh, true to our values, and we're gonna make sure that we're negotiating an agreement that represents everyone's uh, interests. Okay, that's I4. Saw, S is for setting and scheduling. So the S is we're gonna set the tone. We're gonna set the tone by determining what's the feeling that we want to have in this negotiation. Is it super aggressive or is it loving and kind or is it formal and respectful or is it any combination of those? We want to set the tone. We're going to choose the place that it happens. Really important. If you're going to enter in a negotiation with someone, you don't want to do it when they're talking to you about something that's really important to them. For example, I'm very careful about negotiating with my wife. I don't always say, I need to negotiate with you. Let's pick a time and place for it. Sometimes I wait for the right feeling in the room to bring it up. Um, and so that's the scheduling part also. You may want to schedule it. You may want to wait for the right opportunity depending on who you're talking about and what you're dealing with. And the A is for alternatives and agreements. So you may offer something and they may offer an alternative or they may offer something and you may offer an, offer an alternative, always considering where they come from, having empathy for them 
keeping their interests in mind and keeping the interests of everyone on whose behalf you're negotiating for in mind as well. An agreement, you, you can start to come to agreement at this point. Um, the W is who, uh, who are you dealing with? Who's involved? Who are the people that are, your that are in the negotiation directly? Who are the people that are impacted in the negotiation? And the, the second I is independent trade-offs. So you may want to make trade-offs. You may want to compromise uh, on facts, on items, but you never want to compromise on values. So being really clear about your own values, that goes back to the E and ethics, is super important. There are, there are always sacrosanct values, things you will not compromise on. Compromising on agreements that don't compromise values are something entirely differently. And the reason why a lot of couples counseling fails is because often counselors fail to identify the sacrosanct, which is a big part of my relationship program, my Resilient Relationship Masterclass, free masterclass, which is out there. If you want to check it out, by the way, it's bit.ly forward slash friend and partner. That is what it is bit.ly forward slash friend and partner. It's a masterclass that covers uh, all the important tools in having a healthy relationship. And so let's get to the T. The last T is topics. So topics and targets and trade-offs. So you want to make sure that you always stay on topic, that you always stay on target, and you want to be clear about what you're willing to trade and what you're willing to not. And this, I foresaw it, is the acronym for how to organize yourself for any negotiation that's really important to you. Now, I don't suggest that you do this for a negotiation about what are we going to have for dinner, though you might want to do it just for practice. I would suggest you save this for bigger issues. And at the same time, we want to take I foresaw it and integrate it into who we are so that we always bring it to the table when we're negotiating, whether we're negotiating with our spouse, whether we're negotiating with our ex-spouse, whether we're negotiating with our children, whether we're negotiating with the IRS, whoever it is, we want to have these tools in our hip pocket. And remember, we are always, always in some form of negotiation. Anytime that we are talking about a time to meet, there's a negotiation. Anytime that we're having a casual conversation, there may even be an underlying negotiation happening there in terms of what it is we're communicating and what it is they're communicating. But I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about conscious negotiations. Negotiations where you have something that you want to accomplish that involves other people. That's always going to involve a negotiation. Now, it might not, the negotiation may in some households look like this. I'm the dad, I say it, and you do it. That is a horrible negotiation stance. And the reason is people don't buy into it. They may out of fear go, okay. But then on the side, they're gonna do things that are destructive to what it is that you want or that are not in harmony with what it is you want. That position, the authoritarian position, because I say so, rarely works in the long run, though it might have short-term value. This stance is more, how can we all win? This stance of negotiating is how can we all win? We can go at it from, you're gonna do it because I say so, I'm angry and you should be scared of me. That's a really low level emotional way to get things done and it 
has very little long-term value. We can do it from a manipulation point of view. Hmm, how can I get them to do what I want so that I win? And maybe, maybe they win, but I don't really care. But that has longer-term value than anger. But still, if you're negotiating with the same people over and over, they're going to get that you're manipulating and don't really care about them. You can do it from a Mother Teresa stance, which is, oh, I love them so much, I do anything for them. But over time, you're going to become drained by that. And it's not going to work for you and no one's going to want to be around you. Or you can do it from a win-win stance, which is what we're talking about here, which is, I know what I want. I care what they want. I'm interested in them. I know that even my ex-husband or my ex-wife needs to win here because they are the parent of my child forevermore. And I may not like them much. I may not love them, but I care deeply for my child and I want my, the parent, the other parent to win as well. I want the child to learn the value of win-win and negotiating as a win-win approach to life. And so that big picture, it's what are we teaching our children, right? And always for me at the heart of things is what are we teaching our children? You know, as someone who was collateral damage as a child, I always want your children to be in front and center in all of your negotiations. All right, so that's all I have on negotiation today. Feel free to direct message me or email me or whatever works for you. Um, check out the free resilient relationship class and it's two minutes before my podcast interview. So I'm gonna bounce now. Have a terrific, terrific day.